This is the Business Storytelling Show with Christoph Trapp. Name a top 20 storytelling podcast and a top 5% podcast globally. Christoph chats with thought leaders and experts to share tips and tricks that can help you tell your company's stories better to drive business results. Available wherever you listen to podcasts, live streamed on major social media channels, and part of the DB&A television network. Available on most U.S. television sets and streaming on Roku and Amazon Fire. Here's Christoph with today's episode. Let's go. Let's go, business storytellers. Hey, how's everyone doing? Another episode here. Today, we have a very interesting topic because we're going to talk about what do words mean? That's one part of the discussion. Another part of the discussion is what, what happens when you have to completely rebrand everything because of laws, copyright stuff. We'll call it that for now. And how do you share that story publicly? I think we're not going to have enough time to cover all this in 27 minutes, but we'll do our best. Today, Sarah Santa Croce is my guest. She's an author, author awesome podcaster. That's really what I was going to say. Awesome author and podcaster. Check out her podcast. If you're watching on Amazon Live, it is linked in the bottom there. The Humane Marketing podcast. You can watch, listen to it on Amazon Music and all the other different channels. Let's get her out of the green room here. I listen to her show all the time uh, and certainly appreciate her thought leadership out there. So it's really great to have her on the show today. Sarah, how are you? I'm great. Thanks so much for having me, Christoph. It's a pleasure to be here. Awesome. Really appreciate you making the time. So your podcast and your book were called something completely different. And I actually, it was something about gentle marketing. And I always loved your your podcast because you would come on, like I come on and say, hey, business storytellers, boom, right? Like I'm in your face, but you would come on and say, hey, gentle marketers. Like it was just nice, like come on <laughs> in. But now you can't use that term anymore. And now you focus on humane marketing. Tell us about, um, tell us about that story. Yeah. So it all started in February of this year, 2021. And I just published my book called The Gentle Marketing Revolution back then. And it was exactly how I pictured it. It was like a gentle launch, uh, you know, non-pushy marketing. And it felt really great. Unfortunately, two weeks after I opened my email to a cease and desist letter, uh, from a U.S. attorney telling me that um, gentle marketing is a registered trademark and, and that I can't be using that anymore. And it was only just registered, believe this or not, like three weeks before I launched the book. So it was just kind of like one of these moments where you're like, I cannot believe this is happening to me. And yeah, I'm laughing about it now, Christoph, but uh, believe me, uh, there was lots of tears shed, very much a lot of self-pity. All this work, I was thinking two years of work that I put into building this brand and um, there it was. Uh, the interesting thing, uh, obviously, is, is that I'm based in Switzerland. The, this person was based in the U.S., but given the, the online business world that we all live in today, um, she she didn't have the trademark for uh, all of the world. She only had it for the U.S. 
but that still meant to me that uh, you know I was not allowed to use that trademark in the U.S. anymore. But how do you do that in an online world? Um, you know, how do you not like call a book something else uh, in another country and for the rest of the world still use that same title? And so. Um, a lot of people were telling me, well, you know, you got to fight this. And uh, obviously, you 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 can still do this because she only has it in the U.S. But I'm like, well, that just doesn't make sense. Isn't it ironic that we're calling it gentle marketing? And yet we're going to go out there and, you know, kind of kill the competition and, you know, fight for for this term. It just did not make sense. Unfortunately, she didn't want to you know, collaborate or, or even talk to me. So that was not an, an option. And so I basically said, okay, fine, this is what it is. This is what the system um, decides. That's what the law decides. It's legally her term. So I just need to go and find a new one. And that's what I did. So that's when this rebranding journey started for me. Very interesting. And what's what's even, I don't know, I guess, unfortunate even, right? I mean, three mm. weeks, like if you if you would have pre-ordered your book, right, pushed it out a month ago, you probably would have been fine or you probably still, may still would have decided you didn't want to argue with them. But um, very, very interesting. Um, now, talk about, I mean, you've been so public about it and I've learned a lot just even listening to you. You know, and I think that's kind of the, the second part of how you came up with the new brand of humane marketing is um, how did you decide to, to share everything so publicly and so wide open? And even I mean, you've shared sounds to me like everything. Right. People said this <laughs> to me. People said that I thought about this, shed some tears. And I think a lot of people probably uh, struggle with that. Right. To even be in that open with the yeah. entire story. You know, I just really decided that if I was going to call something, uh, you know, call something out already in the, in the marketing world, uh, gentle marketing was always about against the uh, hype, inauthentic, pushy kind of marketing. And then when I thought about, you know, the new term uh, that I was going to use instead of gentle marketing uh, and, and came up with this a word humane marketing, which is obviously very closely related to human. Uh, so it, it always was about bringing the human connection back to marketing. It was always about you know being real. Uh, we're, we're using this word authentic, but even that often is being abused or misused. Uh, but it was always about being real and you know showing up authentically, say telling the truth. And so I was like, well, if I'm going to do that then that means I need to walk my talk and actually share this whole rebranding and not just say, oh, well, that didn't work out. And six months later, here I am, here's my new brand. And so I really wanted the audience to follow along and, and see the, yeah, see the struggle, but also see me not feeling like I'm a victim that is now, you know, continuously blaming this other person. No, it's like, yeah, it hurts. Yes, it was painful. But uh, watch me get out of the struggle so that you can, you know, apply the same thing in your business. Because let's face it, there, face it there's always going to be some hurdles. Um, you know, it doesn't have to be a rebrand, can be something else that happens and you just 
kind of need to go, okay, yes, I feel the pain, but how can I overcome this? And so I think that's why it was so important to me to, to really uh, share the behind the scenes that was going on and say, this is what is really happening. And people, the audience really, um, you know, they resonated with that. They felt like um, they can connect to me on a different level. And it's not like when you just show up and you have a your beautiful website and you're this new brand, there's a disconnect, right? Because you're not really telling the full truth. You're only just showing the tip of the iceberg and say, ta-da, <laughs> where when you share what's underneath and the kind of the growing, the rumbling, all of that, that's where the human really connects. And so it, it's it's almost like I used the rebranding as part of to show what to me this humane marketing is all about. It's like show up as a real human, uh, create connections that are not just about the, you know, I've got it all together. Look at me back then. I was, you know, in the in the shits and now I'm like a self-made millionaire. That just never resonated with me, those kind of stories. So yeah, that's what I did. It so so typically rebranding stories just bore me to death, quite frankly. Like, you know, but I think it's companies, they come on, they say, we rebranded and now we're more customer centric. And I'm like, oh my God. And you weren't like five seconds ago. <laughs> you know, it's yeah. like, get out of my face. But um, but the way you unveiled it was just very human, very interesting. And I, I listened to like the whole show and you didn't even tell us what the new brand was. You're just like, <laughs> oh, I'm going to tell you what it is. And, you know, like you're talking about it and it's just, it's it's just a very interesting model. I think people should um, should be aware of the other thing. And I know, as I mentioned, you may still not have fought it, but this is also a great example. It was it, it really underlined for me the importance of publishing. And I talk about this all the time, Sarah, in in a different context. Content mm -hmm. will not perform if you don't publish it. Right? Just publish, publish yeah. now. Go do it. I I know what you mean. Yeah. Like you know, published, not in the sense of necessarily a book, but just, you know, get it out there. Yep. Anything. Right. Yeah. And so yeah. like what the way I understand the law, if you would have published your book two months earlier, that person would not have had any leg to stand on because it's in, in the U.S. As far as I understand it, once you publish it, it's automatically now it's that's it right it's it's out there so you would think so christoph but but actually according to the lawyer this lady oh. has been using this term since 2013 so and and so so you know and and that doesn't even need to be in a book she might have just been using that with her clients because i clearly didn't see any trace of that so the minute you start using a term i can't remember the I can't remember the the name for it, but it's like there's this oh the statutory law that's what it's called yeah. I think, so yeah. Right. So I, I just find it I just find that there needs to be more space for uh, different people having the same idea. You know how great is it that we both thought gentle marketing should be a thing? So that's what kind of really saddened me in the whole story. I was like. That's great. Let's do something together. You know, it's all, it's all good. There's just more than there's there's space for more than one. But um, yeah, that's why I believe in more open source, the open source kind of approach. 
Yeah, absolutely. So let's talk about the new brand. It's humane marketing. And and I, I'd like you to talk about that a little bit. And first, I, my quick story is when I heard you talk about it, it's about how do people understand words and what do words actually mean? And I, I heard you say that a bunch of times. I'll give you an example. I wrote about customer empathy the other day. And I think customer empathy only refers to the negative, right? Like, I don't have to be empathetic to you if you love my podcast, but I need to be empathetic to you if, you know, you have a problem with something. Now, um, humane is, but that's not what customer empathy means. It's everything. It's positive, negative, neutral. It just means I can feel what you're feeling, right? Mm -hmm. um, and I think you had a similar experience with with humane marketing, right? People, What people were saying about it. Yeah, yeah. When I first thought of the the word humane, uh, I you know did some checks with other people, and, and you have to remember that my uh, first language is not English. I grew up uh, speaking Swiss German, and so the it sounded like a great word, and I you know kind of understood what it meant. But I needed to ask other people what they thought it meant. And it was funny how a lot of people thought uh, the, the thing that first came to mind was this humane society. And uh, and so obviously I'm like, oh, OK, so it's it's all, you know, animal related. And that's not what obviously I was going for. But then when we dug a bit deeper and people started to understand where I was coming from, we all agreed. Well, it's just because this humane society kind of got so popular that all of a sudden we kind of made this correlation with animals and humane, where humane has nothing to do. If you look it up in the dictionary, it means, uh, you know, gentle, kind, compassionate, just those kind of qualities, and it has nothing to do with, with animals. And then finally, when it clicked is when I saw this Netflix uh, documentary or, or thought of it again, The Social Dilemma. And the guy there, the, the the main protagonist who left Google, he then founded the Humane um, uh, Center for Technology. So that's when I was like, that's exactly the term. That's that's what I mean about this. It's like, how do we, you know, he was thinking, how do we use technology in a humane way that is not uh, abusing uh, people? That is not tricking people, uh, etc. And so for me, it's the same thing. How do we use marketing in a way that is gentle and empathic and compassionate with our clients, and not just trying to get their money and and, and making a sale? So that's when I really got understood the depths of uh, of humane. And and then in another uh, episode, if you remember, I also shared this term uh, Ubuntu, which is an African term that really spoke to me as well, because it means shared humanity. It's like, we're all sharing the same humanity. And so if we come to, to marketing with that concept, with this in mind, then it's like, how can we show up as humans? And I know that you have a problem. I know that I have the solution. Let's just figure out how we can help each other. I help you. Yes, you pay me, but that's just how the work, world works. Uh, and let's not you know, use any shaming techniques and, and, and manipulation and all of that. So that's really what humane marketing means to me. 
So uh, when you ask, when, when you talk to other marketers, though, do you think marketers would say there's too much manipulation? Or I noticed this the other day. There's so much negativity going on, right? Like you will blah, blah, blah. Like if you don't do this, this will happen. That's not a good example. But you know what I mean? Like instead of just saying, here's how something will help you, it'll tell me how my hair will burn in hell if I don't buy the Exactly. Product, if you right? don't do this, you'll never <laughs> achieve that, uh, et cetera. Yes. Yeah. So why why have we taken that turn as a marketing industry that we are, um, that the industry is manipulative at times and, and does like the opposite of what you're trying to accomplish? Yeah. Um, what it is is fear-based selling, really, right? So uh, we know that there are certain concepts in human psychology uh, that have then started to be applied in marketing. And truly, some of these things, uh, the, the, yeah, they're based in truth and, and they work like the scarcity principle. If there's less of something, uh, that means that it's easier to sell, uh, for example, right? But there's nothing technically wrong with that. There's also, for example, another thing that's often getting abused is emergent uh, urgency. So, you know, saying that, you know, there's, a, there's only one offer left or if you don't buy today, you can never get this price again. So <laughs> abusing this urgency, uh, technically there's nothing wrong in a bit of urgency, meaning that we say, yes, this is a, a special um, you know, early bird offer, for example, and we would really love to have you uh, in this program. So it all depends how you position it. But the thing that happened over the last 10, uh, 15 years is that marketers kind of tapped into this uh, human psychology, those, those, all these tricks to get more sales and to just say, well, what if I turn the volume up on this shaming and, and all of that, then I'll get more sales. And so the, there's never the idea of let me serve more. It's almost like it's always let me sell more. And the way we sell more is when you turn up the shaming, the, the, you know, the, the negative stuff. So that's really what happened, I think, over the last 10 years. Yeah, it's really unfortunate, and and uh, I have noticed that too. But I don't know. I I'd like to think it doesn't work on me because I see it all the time, and I just tune it out when when somebody throws up their stupid countdown clock because I have to purchase in the next uh, ninety seconds, or I will <laughs> never ever ever be able to buy that same mm -hmm. product again. So yeah. all right, so um you have inhumane uh, inhumane you have humane the humane marketing podcast the book um what's the goal i mean can people work with you or should they just listen to the podcast like how how do you help people uh yeah. and marketers become more humane when you ask what's the goal, my, my main mission is really to bring more empathy and kindness to the business world and and i feel like marketing is a big piece of that. And I feel that there's so many people out there who run a business, do something, they're experts at what they do, they love what they do, and yet they struggle with you know, being seen and, and getting their offers out there. And so I feel like they are so 
frustrated and there's so much anxiety when it comes to marketing because all they see out there is those pushy, uh, this, this pushy approach, this hype approach. And every marketing program that we that I've ever come across, it's like you focus on the pain points and make sure you address all these pain points. And so for me, the goal was really to say there is a different way. Uh, I personally felt like I can't do it anymore that old way. Uh, so I need to come up with a different way. And I don't, I didn't come up with the, you know, here's the 10 step process. What I realized is like, well, actually what this means in order to be get, become a humane marketer, you need to go on a little bit of a journey. You need to find your own truth first before you can be truthful with your customers and, and clients and really share more of you uh, in your marketing. So that's kind of what I'm trying to do, walk my talk uh, in my marketing. And I want to encourage people to do the same thing in, in their marketing. So yeah, the books are a great way to get started. Um, I really feel like in the first book, uh, Marketing Like We're Human, I put all of myself into that book. And I had to because that's what I require or that's what I feel like needs to be more in the marketing sphere. There needs to be less cookie cutter approach. There needs to be less recipes of success. There needs to be more stories. You're the first one to agree with that. It's like there needs to be more stories and we can't learn these stories unless we go deep within. And so uh, that's really my mission. And, and yes, um, I do uh, consulting, business consulting, business coaching. We have a humane marketing community, a circle where we meet every month and, and just hold the space for these conversations. I think that's also what's missing in marketing is uh, not we don't need another five online courses. What we need is actually having people talk about these things and say, well, how do you do it in your business? And, you know, like like I did for, for my rebranding, actually be transparent about things and say, this is what works. This is what doesn't work. Let's figure it out together. So I feel like the the, the space, the, the marketing space uh, needs more connection and less online course doing. And, you know, we all have our, our, our um, drive full of these online courses. The thing is implementing it, actually. That's what we need help with. So it's it's a mindset, though, right? I mean, if if I it's like when I was a journalist and I know everybody is now jumping on journalists saying they all got agendas. They don't mm -hmm. all have agendas. Sure. Certain publications do. But typical mm -hmm. journal like Washington Post or whatever, they don't have an agenda. People stop right. it. Um, but as a journalist, you know, my mindset was, what's the story? Like, I actually, I said this on a show yesterday. I said, when I was looking through data, I wasn't looking for a specific story. I was looking for a story. I don't know what that story is. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, my mindset was, I'm looking for a story to tell. Whatever that story is, I don't really, truly care. Like, you know, some stories are better than others. But this feels like very similar. You know, you have to have the mindset. So if if the, the boss, whoever that might be, CEO to the CMO, keeps screaming, we need more leads. We need more leads. We need 7,000 leads. Don't get me started on arbitrary numbers. 
of course they're not going to be doing kind marketing. They're not, you know, they're just going to run ads up everybody's uh, yeah. computer screens, right? Right. So how yeah. do we get people to think about that, to change that maybe in the last yeah. two to three years? Yeah, you're, you're so right. It's a complete mindset shift. And, and it has to do, I guess, um, with like what I did with the, I'm just going to hold up my seven P's of, of marketing. What I did is, is basically took something that works that we know, okay, this is a, an existing marketing concept that has been around for ages, right? Seven P's of marketing. And I, I looked at them and I'm like, well, there's some that are definitely very outdated, like, you know, physical evidence was in there. Um, uh, processes, uh, place. So all of this didn't really matter anymore because we now all have online businesses. And so I threw out some of those and then added new ones uh, like passion and personal power, for example. So these are completely different if you think about you know process and physical evidence. And now we have passion and personal power. So what became so clear to me is that it's not just about doing things like I need 7,000 leads. Oh my God, let's get those leads and let's run these ads and all of that. Well, yeah, but have you thought about, you know, what your passion or your purpose is? Have you thought about, you know, your personal power, what it is you really, and mainly I'm talking about entrepreneurs here. How are you unique? What makes you different from all these other people out there? So I really kind of put the whole thing on its head and said, let's start with ourselves. Let's start before we go into the people, the avatars that, you know, so many marketing programs talk about. Let's first look at ourselves. And that's where the interesting stories really come out uh, that we then tell our people because we want them to resonate with us. That's uh, kind of the stories that, that stick and that you can tell they're not just stories that are told in order to attract the ideal clients, you know, when you can tell, oh, this is just a, a BS story that they made up and kind of used a template or something. So really get these stories from, from deep inside somehow. You know, for me, it was my hippie upbringing story. Oh my God, for, for 30 years, I never brought this into the business concept. Uh, and, and then I just realized, well, that's part of who I am. I need to bring that back because that's that's the you know that it's so important in the client uh, attraction or resonance because that it is part of who I am. So I think, yeah, kind of reversing everything and saying, well, let's start with the basics. Who are you? What are you good at? How are you unique? What are your values? What are your worldviews? Those things that matter just as much because then you know how you're going to get those leads. And I don't right. like to call them leads, but that's, that's the stories that your clients then resonate with really. Yeah, absolutely. It, it, it kind of comes back to the, the language we use for sure as well. Um, so keep that in mind, everyone check out Sarah's book um, and podcast. Sarah, thank you so much for joining us and sharing your insights. Really appreciate it. Thank you. I could go on forever, but this has been great, Kristoff. Thank you so much. Thank you. That's a wrap. Thanks for tuning in. Please rate and review our show on your favorite podcast channels. 
And don't forget to share this episode with your networks. We appreciate you. Until next time, let's